Tappers, what's up? It is the Thursday edition of the Daily Tap. And imagine nobody is doing well uh, after the Bucks loss. Licking all of our wounds here uh, as the Bucks lose to the Atlanta Hawks. 116-113. to 113. Tough loss, tough, tough way to start after you have the euphoric high of Game 7. One of the more dramatic games in Bucks history. Kind of think everything is turning the corner for the Bucks. I mentioned it to Mitch. I kind of used that destiny word, um, and it, it <laughs> destiny is true, man. Um, I don't know. It, it went away really quick. It's we all snap back. I think we all were like, okay, this is not easy. It's not given. This is not something that's just going to come out of thin air. The Bucks are going to have to win this, and it was a wake up call. It was a wake-up call to every one of us, from the fans to the guys on the floor. This was a straight-up wake-up call because nobody took Atlanta seriously. And we saw what they did against Philly, but we kind of disregarded it. And we disregarded what they did against the Knicks. This is the first good offense that Atlanta would face. And I'm still not convinced that Atlanta defensively can hang with Milwaukee for seven games. So a nice win by the Hawks. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shitting on that. And we'll talk about it later. But this was a true wake-up call for Milwaukee because they could have buried this team in the ground in the second quarter. This game could have easily been over in the second quarter. Yet the Bucs sort of let Atlanta hang around. And when you've let when Atlanta's hung around, they've come back to bite the other team in the ass. They did it to Philadelphia and they did it again to Milwaukee. And the reason that they let Atlanta kind of hang around was because they weren't engaged. They were not fully there. It's I know everyone can say it's the Eastern Conference Finals. You have to be prepared. But when I think all of us, especially the fans, thought of Brooklyn, Milwaukee as the NBA Finals, it's hard to like get up for a team like Atlanta. It just is. They don't have a Kevin Durant. They have a Trey Young who I think has made some enemies on the Bucks bench. We'll talk about Trey Young in a little bit here. But I just don't think it's the same energy. And you can say that's bullshit. You can say whatever you will. But you see this a lot with scrappy teams. Remember when we were doing the pod, the preview pod on Monday, and I talked about how the Hawks have like a vibe of an NFL team that came out of nowhere, like the 2007 Giants. I remember when the Cowboys lost the Giants. Cowboys were the one seed. It was like Packers would have to go to Dallas to win. It was like this whole thing, Favre, you know, re- redemption, all this bullshit. And no one thought the Giants would win that game. Giants come through. They beat that Cowboys team. And, and we're celebrating because we're going to get at Lambeau. It's going to be this coordination. It's going to be a blowout. This Giants team sucks. Yada, yada, yada. And then the Packers lose in overtime. Because I don't think they were fully prepared for the Giants. And I think that there is a mental game to this. And I don't think mentally the Bucks were there. I don't think the fans were there either. Jim Ostrowski, uh, one of the Journal Sentinel re- reporters, said it was like a middle-of-the-road January game the crowd was. So the crowd wasn't really into it. So there was nothing there. The juice, the energy. Yeah, there were a ton of people outside. Also... The seats didn't, I think, fill up until halftime. Justin Willis planned that out. Like, there were there are empty seats. I noticed them too. 
So everybody was not there. So buckle the fuck up. I think we all need to. Like, look, I didn't even put on a buck shirt until like halftime. I was like, oh, I got to put on a buck shirt because that's what I've kind of done through this through this run. Like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't fully engaged. I decided not to go to the Broad House tonight. Now, partly because Mitch went to the Bucks game with Eric, but but still, like I I just was like, all right, whatever, it's okay. Everybody needs to be on their fucking game, and that we all need to be ready. And I think this is a great wake up call for the Bucks. I could argue, honestly, that this game would have happened in even if the Bucks win in five, if the Bucks win seven, whatever. This game would have happened because it just. Atlanta's so different than Brooklyn. Atlanta, going from Brooklyn to Atlanta is like finishing an amazing project. And then you have to do a, a few remedial tasks and you drop the ball on those remedial tasks because you're not fully engaged. The Bucks were not ready for the Hawks. And you're like, well, how can't Bud, Bud have them ready? I understand that. I just, like, look, man, I think it's a different atmosphere. I think it's a different vibe. It's not like the, if the Bucks had one and six. So if the Bucks had not, well, let's just let's really like hypothetically go back and say Durant. They put an end to Durant run in Game Five. They clinch in Game Six, and they have almost a week off and to prepare for Atlanta or Philly. They would have been ready for this game, and that type of hangover bullshit would not have happened. And now you could say, well, Atlanta, why aren't they hungover? They just beat a Philly team. Atlanta doesn't know better. Atlanta doesn't know they're supposed to be here. I talked about this with Mitch. At some point, Atlanta's going to realize, holy shit, we're like two games away from winning the NBA Finals. And there will, get a, there will be a tightness. I know these guys carry a lot of swagger to them. But at some point, Atlanta's going to get tight. And I know the Golden State comparisons are there, even though I agree with Bill Simmons where he says Trey Young isn't Steph Curry. I agree with that. But the Golden State comparisons of Golden State kind of came out of nowhere and won a championship. And, and they were like, it's too early, whatever. And I'm not I'm not ready to put Atlanta in the championship. I'm not ready to throw the baby out the bathwater for the Milwaukee Bucks. But I'm just saying that this is a team to take seriously. This is a team that you should be scared of if you're the Bucks, And nobody acted like they gave a shit for three quarters, maybe three and a half quarters. They woke up, they got hot, they went on one big run, and then they couldn't finish that run. It, it was a game of runs in a lot of ways, right? The Bucks had a big run in the second quarter. The Hawks pretty much owned the third quarter with a run. The Bucks then get on a run themselves down the stretch, get up a seven, and then the Hawks have the final run. It's cliche, but basketball is a game of runs, and the Hawks had the last run of the game. Basketball breaks that way sometimes. But I think this will really sort of reinforce the wake-up call, if you will, for Milwaukee. Everybody during the game was clamoring for small ball. Small ball was the hot topic, and small ball was something that was needed. And because Trey Young was getting to the lane at will with his little floater shot because of the drop defense. Now, I think they could still have Brooke Lopez out there, but Brooke Lopez just standing straight up. Let Trey Young go into him and kind of go with the 2001 Iverson approach. Make the refs call every time. 
hammer Trey Young. I I personally would go prison rules on Trey Young. Like I would not leave a foul on the board. And I'm not advocating for violence. I'm just saying beat him the fuck up. Like the guy's a little banged up as is. Like do not let him just have open lanes to the floater. Like that that pisses me off. Like at least try to block it. Like even if you don't block it, like affect the shot. Like, come out and run at him. Like, he ran out at Durant a lot. Lopez did down the stretch. That same shit needs to be applied here for the Milwaukee Bucks. That adjustment is definitely needed. But they went small. But I think they went small in the wrong way. Pat Connaughton being out there made no fucking sense to me. And I know Pat is Bud's security blanket. And I thought Pat had a very good series against Brooklyn. So I'm not going to slander him too much. But Bobby Portis gave great minutes in the first half. Bobby Portis was a electric factory. I know I overuse electric factory, but he was. He was really good. I just wish Bud would have trusted him late there. I think Bobby Portis should have been part of the closing lineup. Not Pat Connaughton. Because Bobby Portis can rebound. Bobby Portis can at least throw a body up there. And Pat Connaughton can rebound. He's athletic. He can get up there. But the Bucks were dominated on the offensive class, and that was partly due to the small ball. The small ball played a large factor in the Bucks dominated on the offensive glass. Atlanta Hawks got three rebounds. They got three offensive rebounds, and then Trey Young hit a jumper, and the Hawks were slowly back into this game. And all they had to do was grab one rebound. They grabbed one rebound, and I said this in the review, so I apologize for those who watched it, but you grab one rebound, you win this game. I'm, I'm really convinced of that. And it's not Brooklyn anymore. To go back to saying, well, what's the difference here? Brooklyn did not have bigs like Clint Capella and John Collins. They pulled down nine offensive rebounds. That's not great. That's not going to get it done. The Bucks are going to have to be more physical. So there's a hard give and take for Bud on small ball and what he does. I think Bobby Portis is the only way for small ball. I think that is the only way it can happen is Giannis at the five, Bobby at the four, Drew, Mids, P.J. Tucker. That, to me, is your your closing lineup. It might take Bud two or three games to get there, but it can't be Pat Connaughton. It just can't. And I, I know he missed a shot, but I also wish Middleton would have just taken that layup. He should have just drove that right to the glass. But Pat Connaughton cannot be that guy late because of the offensive rebound concerns. Collins and Capella are too good down there. Capella's a great rebounder. He's one of the best in the game. They're going to have to put some bodies on Clint Capella or they're, it's going to be a tough series. It's going to get real ugly real quick. As for Trey Young, Trey Young was great. I can't hate on Trey Young too much, but I will. People are going to suck his dick. He's going to get just everything thrown at him. Every All the attention will be focused on Trey Young. Why? Because let's face it, Trey Young's an American. Giannis is from Greece. There's a weird thing, and Giannis is not buddy buddy with everybody. Trey Young, clutch client, by the way. Um, so yeah, he'll probably be in LA in a couple years. It's fine. But anyways, Trey Young is is gonna get all the all the hype, and and for good reason for some of it. Now the shimmy, which we talked about a lot and will be a big thing, is going to be a game changer for Milwaukee. To me, that woke the Bucks up. Giannis on the bench was reenacting and said, are we really going to let this fucking guy do it? Just remember this. Keep this in mind. Keep this in the back of your head. And you're going to be like, Charlie, you're a hater. I don't really give a fuck. 
Trey Young scored 10 points after that shimmy. He was at 37 at the shimmy. I think he finished with 48, so 11. Excuse me, bad math. McKinley let me down. But he had 11 points after that shimmy. Mostly on free throws. He was a non-factor in that fourth quarter. The fourth quarter was really won by the offensive rebounds and a few plays here and there from Young. But not nowhere near what he did in the third quarter. And yeah, the third quarter played a large part in why they won that game. Don't get me wrong. But just keep in mind, this after the shimmy, he had 10 point, 11 points. And it weren't they weren't that effective of 11 points. You can call me a hater. You can say whatever you want. But that, to me, is might have sparked something. Kevin Wild said, the shimmy kind of reminded me of LeBron mocking Jay Crowder. And I think and Lakers won that game. And then the Lakers didn't win another game after. And I'll just be careful, Trey Young. I, I don't think that's going to be well reciprocated. Also, let's, let's remember this. Similar to game five of the Brooklyn game, Atlanta needed 48 points from Trey Young to beat Milwaukee. When Durant went off in that game, we all said the same thing. Durant needed X amount, I forget, did he get 50 in that or 49? Durant needed 49 to beat Milwaukee. Trey Young needed all 48 to beat Milwaukee tonight. Trey Young's not going to average 48 points in a playoff series. That would be a record, as Kenny Mayne used to say. He's just not going to do that. This is not going to happen. It's not sustainable. So if Trey Young goes off and the other guys can't beat us, then that's great. But the other guys did beat us. Like Collins and Capella were dominant down low. The Bucks really should not get dominated down low by John Collins and Clint Capella. They just shouldn't. But that's part of the problem with small ball. And that's the interesting debate. So Bud is going to have to run with his normal dudes but he can't play the drop. Is he going to be able to do that? He showed it a little bit during the regular season. We need to see that again. Jeff Teague's second quarter minutes might have cost the Bucks this game. Um, that to me is a spicy take, but I think a real take. Because Jeff Teague was gone, was out there for way too long. The Bucks at one point with Teague out there were at an 11-point lead. And Teague... He kept playing and he went under a bunch of screens with Trey Young and Trey Young roasted him and Trey Young got hot and that sort of sparked Trey Young from the outside and that sort of led to everything rolling downhill. Jeff Teague just cannot show up again. There is no way Jeff Teague should be out on the court. And I know Mike Boonholzer did the coach thing and said, well, we're going to need Jeff, we're going to need Bobby, we're going to need Pat. Like, well, let's remember, this guy had a six-man roster basically, um, for game six and seven of the Brooklyn series. And Reggie Miller had a good point about, you know, that more guys tend to play um, at the early part of a series. I don't know if you'll see that in game number two. I think Jeff's play, not playable. I don't know if Bryn Forbes is playable, honestly. I think really you just stick to Pat and Bobby and that's it. And those are your two guys you bring off the bench. You can check on Bryn Forbes, but the, the Miami series is looking more and more like an anomaly for Bryn Forbes than a whole a whole story for Bryn. So yeah, Jeff Teague, no fucking way, man. We we can't we can't keep doing Jeff Teague minutes. And I do swear if I see Jeff Teague out there and it's not garbage time in game two, I'm gonna fucking lose it. Cause that just that just can't happen. 
Chris Middleton not showing up was a real surprise to me. I did not foresee the Chris Middleton not showing up on the bingo card. Middleton finished tonight with 15 points. He was 6 of 23. He had five rebounds. He had four assists. He missed all nine of his three-point shots. So any of those fall, the Bucks are at least tied or maybe they win the game. The thing with mids, man, despite mids having some of these nights in the regular season, you don't expect it in the postseason. And I know he's had some cold shooting nights uh, throughout the Brooklyn series, a little bit in the Miami series, but Middleton has to be better. And he wasn't even clutched down the stretch. Like he missed some shots down the stretch. Like it was just off all entirely. And I can't really speculate whether it was fatigue or anything like that because that Shouldn't have been a thing. Is it Kevin Herter's defense? Is Kevin? Did I underrate Kevin Herter on the defensive side of things? And is Kevin Herter giving Middleton problems? I don't know. That's something to think about. And do you need to free Middleton up more for some easy opportunities? I do worry with Middleton sometimes that this it comes in slumps. Like it would be very bucks, right, to have Middleton go off for game six and seven and then just completely have a clunker series here. But I really hope that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are not trading places. That to me is also the crazy thing, right? Like Holiday had his first big game in the playoffs. He had 33 points. He had 10 assists. He had four rebounds. He made five threes. This is why they got Drew Holiday. This is exactly the type of game you expect from Drew Holiday. This was a very much a redemption game. I'm not surprised Drew Holiday had a big game. After you know the type of guards he was facing, now he gets a reprieve in Trey Young, and he goes off. And Trey Young can't guard him, and he knows that. So I just really hope that the Bledsoe disease did not transfer over to, to Chris Middleton. I don't think it did. I'm, you guys know I love Chris Middleton. The game six he had was iconic. I'm not going to hate on Chris Middleton too much. I'm just sad he didn't show up because I think if Chris Middleton... Even, let's say, yeah, I mean, we said it. Even if he, if he makes two threes, the Bucks win this game, right? So, happens, but it, that's a, it was a really tough night for Chris Middleton. I mentioned Portis uh, earlier. I'm looking through my notes. Um, what's P.J. Tucker's role in this series? That's another question to discuss. Like, what's P.J. Tucker going to do here? So, P.J. Tucker... He's not going to guard Bogdan Bogdanovich because Bogdanovich really isn't playing. I mean, he played 27 minutes. Um, he was one of six from the field. He looked hurt the entire time. His knee is truly fucked up. I don't know why he played tonight. I was on the hill of like rest Bogey for at least this game and next, and then see what you can do. I think why Bogey's out there is because Danilo Gallinari can't really play more than 25 minutes. He's a big boy. He can't really play defense. And I just don't think they can have Danilo out there for 30 or 40 minutes. Solomon Hill was part of the closing lineup. I mean, Solomon Hill plays a little defense, but Solomon Hill is a zero on offense. Gives you absolutely nothing. So that's why Bogdan has to be out there. But if Bogdan's out there, it's similar to the Harden thing. You got to fucking hunt him. You got to hunt Bogdan as much as you can. And whether that's Middleton or P.J. Tucker, I know I... I'm just going to start with Peter Tucker. I went on a Bogdan tangent, which happens. It's a podcast. But you got to do some more with like Bogdan's injury. And the reason I was talking about Tucker, because that's what I thought Tucker would take. So now what does Tucker do? He can bang with John Collins in the post. I don't think he can rebound with John Collins in the post. 
Does he beat up Trey Young a little bit? Does he sort of as a helper, if you will, for Trey Young? Is that is that his role? Is it Kevin Herter? I mean, Kevin Herter was five of 12, one of six from three. Do you kind of shut down Kevin Herter as he's somewhat emerging, if you will? Is that the role? But I don't know what it is. And I I, I saw a little bit of maybe PJ Tucker shouldn't start in this in, with against Atlanta, and maybe it should be Bobby Portis instead. And the more I'm looking at it, like that's a big ass lineup. It's a really big lineup. But maybe that's that's what you do. Maybe you roll Giannis and Portis, and you and it's just a big lineup. And you or you roll well that would be Tucker too. So I don't know. But Tucker, I still think Tucker is a starter, and I, I think he still deserves starter minutes here. I don't think Connington deserves to be out there with with this group. I think it's still PJ Tucker. I just think they need to find what's his role. He had four and seven tonight. He didn't shoot one three. That was also really interesting. No PJ Tucker corner threes. Was that just Atlanta's defense, or was that Tucker just not finding a good opportunity? Because Tucker not taking a corner three seems like a mess, right? I think you you look at that and you say you want probably at least two threes or three threes from Tucker from about from the corners, and that didn't happen, which is a real bummer. Last thing I had on my sort of to dos here is just game two where we're at right now kind of a gut check i'm not entirely worried yet i'm not pushing the panic button i think some will i saw a lot of don't trust the bucks never trust the bucks you know Giannis and drew went off tonight and you know that's cause for concern because how can that happen and you still lose the game again trey young had an iconic performance one we'll talk about one you'll see on NBA classics, like he was great tonight, okay? Number two, they couldn't get an offensive rebound to save their soul. Number three, they the Atlanta, the Brooklyn, or Brooklyn to Atlanta step down was a little less of a step down and they just need to take Atlanta a little more seriously. I feel really good about game two. I, I'm not really that nervous, I'll be honest. Like I, And you could say, well, Charlie, aren't you contradicting yourself? Just said you got to take Atlanta seriously, all this stuff. Look, I saw good things from the Bucks tonight. I They won bad quarter. They let a guy go off for 48 points. That's really the crux of this entire loss and offensive rebounds. So those three things, are they fixable? Yeah, they're all fixable. Trey Young adjust a little bit, more Drew Holiday, more guarding him out there, more trying to let him take 30-foot shots. And then when you do have 30-foot shots, you got to fucking box out. And if you box out, that's great. And then you get the job done. And get Chris Middleton back into the fold. And figure out what you're going to do with your lineups. Those are all adjustments that can be made. I'm not worried about the Bucks. I'll be worried about the Bucks if it's a down 2-0. Even if they're down 2-0. Like the way that this playoffs has gone, 2-0 doesn't even scare me. I know the percentages. Fuck the percentages. Down 2-0 doesn't bother me. The Clippers, look at the fucking Clippers. Clippers went down 2-0 against Dallas. They went down 2-0 against Miami. And they pulled those games out. And the Clippers had to go to Dallas to win those games. The Bucks can go to Atlanta and win two. Now the three, three and one, you know, whatever. 
But there, there's an opera. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress. I'm really not. I know the Bucks are a better team. I, I do. I'm not gonna get into this mode of like absolute panic. It's not worth it. It's not. It's not. It's not healthy. So I'm gonna be back at the Broadhouse on Friday. We're gonna live it up. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna make adjustments on Trey Young, and we're gonna win the game. And we won one, and we headed back, headed to Atlanta for a Sunday evening affair. So don't freak out. And the takes are gonna be bad. Okay, just bear with the takes. All right, like that's gonna happen. We're gonna have a lot of takes, but that's that's part of basketball, man. They need to fill space. This is all they got right now. It's just basketball. That's it. Got baseball substances. Locally here, we have Greg Gard. But that's it. That's all you got to talk about. So it's one, and it's one day, you know? And then Friday, can Atlanta pull out the 2 0? People are already saying Atlanta Phoenix is going to be a wild NBA Finals. Saw that tweet. Don't know what's going on outside. Uh, a little too much Bucks lost, it might be. Uh, but, anyways. It, it's the fact of the matter is is like I, people are gonna overreact. It's always the thing. Like Simmons is gonna drive me crazy. I love Bill Simmons, one of the my idols. I look up to Bill Simmons probably more than most people in media. But the dude loves to fucking overreact. He's gonna do it heading into Friday. It's going to happen. I know it is. It's okay. I'm I'm all right. I live with it. So don't get too down. We got a game Friday. At least that's that's the good thing. Like because of the pandemic, because of the condensed schedule, we get a game on Friday. We're ready to roll. It's going to be an awesome day on Friday. It is a Milwaukee day. Now the weather's kind of going to be crappy, but what do you expect, right? You can't have a reopening day without some bad weather. So the Brewers and Rockies are playing at 3. The Bucks and Hawks are playing at 7. You have my permission to get done with work at 3 o'clock. Like, you should just tell your boss, like, I'm done. Like, beers are cracked, game's on, like, ready to go. It's going to be an awesome day in the city. The city's going to be feeling good. Looked like crowds were great at the Deer District again last night. I expect them to only be bigger on Friday. But hopefully the crowd comes with it. I would imagine they will. It's a Friday night. You're going to have a very drunk crowd at the Fiserv Forum. And it's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be ready. We'll be ready and I think it's going to be a little bit different come Friday. I think the Bucks know what Atlanta is, what they need to do, and they'll turn this around. So have no fear. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm still all on board, and I believe. So sunshines. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, we'll get even more ready for game two. Um, we'll see the fallout, the Trey Young fallout, the Milwaukee fallout, because we have... Milwaukee against the world kind of thing going on with the Stephen A. Smith comments that just blew up. I I wrote about him. I talked a little bit about him on the podcast yesterday. Just crazy that that thing went like fucking wildfire. Just a banana story there. Um, Milwaukee loves Milwaukee, man. And I, I, I saw some guys who were like, oh, well, when other Wisconsinites talk shit about Milwaukee, no one says anything. Yeah, you know what we do? I got really mad at a guy one time for acting like Milwaukee, or I forget what the conversation was, but yeah, we do. A lot of us do, man. It happens. 
So don't act like that doesn't that doesn't go on. And yeah, there are people in fucking Heartland and Waukesha who never want to come down to Milwaukee. Whatever. They don't have probably basketball fans either. Probably don't care about this shit either. It's a new day. Can't get worked up about everything. And the people who are doing the petition, really fucking dumb. I'm going to write about that tomorrow. That'll be up at some point um, in, in the early morning. Got a lot to cover, though. Can't believe they wasted a David Bakhtiari chug on a loss, though. That sucks. Going to actually have to have Bakhtiari come back. Another chug for game number two. Now is Aaron Rodgers going to come back? That's the other question. That, that could be the ultimate cock, right? Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers at game two? What that would do? Aaron Rodgers in the suite. The speculation. Mike Florio just fucking blogging away on Friday night. Florio pissed. Um, everybody getting ready and, and everything like that. Lastly, I know I'm kind of, I'm just rambling now, but I, I will leave you with maybe my favorite tweet of all time. So Jay Williams uh, had a tweet about M.A. Uko Ukto, I hope I said his name right, uh, who is the new Boston Celtics coach. Um, he is a new, the new coach for the Celtics. Um, he is a black coach. And so Jay Williams said this. Or first, Jay Williams said, first coach of color for the Celtics. Even more importantly, he's one talented individual who paid his dues. This is the Celtics' sixth coach of color, by the way. And Jay Williams says, as it relates to the Boston Celtics tweet that came from my account a couple hours ago, I did not post that, and my passcode has now changed. Dude, just fucking own your shit. Just own your shit. Why would a hacker congratulate you for or congratulate a guy that you kind of act like you know? He's a Nets fan. That that did not work, man. That did not work. That didn't go well. As someone who's been involved like semi in a hacking situation, Jay Williams should have known better, man. Which, if you know what I'm talking about, you're a real one. If you don't, I'm not talking about it. I won't, I, I, you will not get it out of me. Send me a DM, I'll tell you. But Jay Williams should know better. So that's really how I'm going to refer to all my bad tweets. All the bad things I say, I'm just going to be like, I didn't say that. My passcode has now changed. It's how I'm going to live my life. And and yeah, I did say, did I say bucks and five? I said bucks and five. So you got to get to five, you got to lose one. So Bucks have lost one. Now they got to say I win all four. All right, we'll be back uh, tomorrow for the pod. I think, should we do a podcast tomorrow? Uh, we made, we'll probably do a podcast tomorrow. I, Because I got to figure out Saturday. That's going to be tough. I got a birthday party, but I know I should do a Saturday pod. I know I'm going to be out drinking with Mitch. So that's going to be a tough one, but we'll figure that one out. Um, I will try my damnedest to get a Saturday pod at game two reaction. And then we'll obviously have one for Monday after game three. Um, But yeah, it should be good. But take care, guys. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. All right, see you. Bye.